Hi, I'm Dr. Ray Calabrese. Welcome to my podcast, Journey from Grief to Healing. Grief is difficult, I know. I lost my best friend and wife after a long marriage. In this series of podcasts, I am sharing my book, Grieving, Walking Through the Darkness with you. You'll discover that what you are experiencing, physically and emotionally, is normal. Healing is possible, and it is tied to the painful but powerful life lessons we learn. Remember, love always wins, and life will get better. Episode 4. My house was empty. It's no longer a home. A home was what babe made it. It was now as empty as I am. I wandered from room to room. I didn't know where to begin. Everywhere I turned, a memory stared back at me. I stared momentarily at a photo of babe and me, and I cried. I turned and saw the flowers she loved, and the tears continued to flow. I walked into the bedroom and gazed at the side of the bed. I turned and I walked slowly into the study. My eyes stared at Babe's empty seat. Her computer sat unopened on her desk. I quickly walked to my desk, got my computer, and closed the double door to the study. It was too painful for me to work in there. Pain is everywhere. I can't avoid it. I set the computer at the breakfast bar. It's painful here, too. Babe and I ate breakfast here. I sat on the stool next to where she sat. I momentarily gazed at her stool and returned my attention to my computer. I typed in my password, I love babe, BFF, hashtag. I stared at the screen. I texted messages of thanks to the family who came to the funeral. I closed my computer and drove to the coffee shop. As soon as I walked into Starbucks, I saw M. She waved and pointed to the two coffees on the table. Her dark hair was pulled into a ponytail. She smiled and rose to greet me. She opened her arms to hug me. We hugged each other. When we pulled back, we exchanged looks. Before I could speak, M took hold of the two coffees and said, Let's sit outside. We'll have more privacy. I followed M like a puppy follows its new master. M motioned to a table with an umbrella to cover us from the hot South Texas sun. We sat. I sipped my coffee and watched buzzards soaring high above, circling in the cloudless blue sky. I wondered if the buzzard was waiting for me. I sat across from him and said, Thanks for the coffee, Em. I uttered my words without emotion. Talk to me. That's all she said. I inhaled a deep breath. I remained silent for a moment. I wanted to tell Em how I really felt. I wanted to swear. I can swear as easily as I can breathe. Babe will tell you this. I don't swear in public or at people. I reserve my words for situations where no other words describe a situation as well. I wanted to let go of my best words owned over time. I knew they would flow as smoothly as a Mozart concerto. They are the only words to describe how I feel. I held back. Instead, I said, I hurt like hell, M. Honestly, I can't concentrate. Routinely, I can juggle seven or eight things at a time. It's difficult now, just juggling one. You're normal, she said. This is normal? I feel like I catch myself before I finish. No, it is not normal in the way most people you know experience normal. It's normal when grief strikes. It strikes like a rattlesnake, quick, painful, intense, releasing its poisonous venom into you. Life is different, Ray. Whatever way you experience life, it's over. You can't have it back. Em's words struck me as hard as a box's blow to my gut. I wanted to double over and spill my breakfast on the ground. I don't want to hear her words. I want my life back. I wanted babe by my side. I don't want to believe this nightmare. I crossed my arms. 
I resisted the impulse to get up and leave. I was angry and hurt. I wanted M's sympathy, not a dose of reality. Say it. Don't hold it in. Say it, Ray, M demanded. She asked for it. I replied, I don't need a lecture, M. I don't want life to be different. I want my life back. I don't want it to be over. I barely finished before I started shaking. Tears rolled down my cheeks and dripped off my chin onto my shirt. I didn't care who saw me. M pushed her chair back, stood, and moved her chair next to mine. She put her arm around my shoulders. She didn't say anything. She let me cry and shake. It could have been seconds or minutes. I don't remember how long the tears flowed and my body shook. I gradually began to regain a semblance of control. M handed me a Kleenex. I wiped my eyes and blew my nose. She handed me a second Kleenex. I took it and stared straight ahead. I stared at everything, and I saw nothing. I didn't look at him. I kept staring and finally said, Babe and I were health conscious. A decade ago, we became vegetarians. We gave up sweets, refined flour, bought organic vegetables. Exercise went hand in hand with our lifestyle. We didn't need drugs for high blood pressure, cholesterol, or any other ailment. Many mistook us for being 20 years younger than our actual age. People asked if our children were still in grade school. Each day was a springtime, fresh, new, alive. Each day was filled with romance. Each day was filled with the joy of being in each other's company. I turned toward him with the saddest eyes one can imagine. My eyes mirrored my broken heart. She held my hand. I didn't pull away. I continued. I know it will never be the same. I don't know what to do, where to look, and M squeezed my hand, stopping me. Enough, she said with a firm voice. It was enough to catch my attention. She continued, you hurt. Do you think I didn't hurt when Peter died? I remained silent. I stared into my coffee, searching for answers. You're not alone, Ray. You're not alone. I raised my eyes from my coffee to him. I know I'm not alone. I have the girls. I have you. My neighbors are kind to me. That's not what I'm talking about, and you know it. You were at the hospital. You were at the hospice. You heard the crying. You heard the screams of people who lost someone they loved. You pushed their pain aside. It wasn't going to happen to you. It did. You're not alone. They are all with you. They understand. Connect with them. That is the first step. Connect with them? I'm not going back to the hospital or hospice. I heard the edge of my voice. I'm angry. Not with them. I'm angry with the hospital. Uncaring doctors. Inattentive nurses. Administrators who care about dollars and not patients. I'm angry at hospice workers who refuse to think in possibilities of hope and recovery. They manage death. Anger fills every soul within me, Em. The church has a grieving group, Ray. You need to participate, at least for a little while. If you don't like it, stop going. What can it hurt? I don't see bad coming from it, and the potential for good exists. You'll find you're not alone. Em reached into her handbag, pulled out a sticky notepad. She scribbled a name and number on it. Give Eva a call. Do it today. They meet every Tuesday. Promise? I shrugged. I'll think about it. No, Ray, don't think about it. Promise me you won't leave until you do. I made a deep sigh. I promise. My word was forced. I didn't mean it. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please hit the like button. Please subscribe to get notifications of future episodes. You can also check out my blog, Looking on the Bright Side at 
dancingalone530.com. It's all positive and uplifting. If you have any questions about my grieving experience, please email me at ray.breeze, B-R-E-S-E, at gmail.com. My book, Grieving, Walking Through the Darkness, is available on Amazon. Have a great day and stay strong. Never, never quit.